Well, hello and welcome to the Ascent Podcast. My name is Brian and I have a wonderful panel with me today. And we're going to get into talking about show up to give, not to get. And that's a very interesting topic. And we're going to first start by kind of just going around and asking each one of our members here on the panel, when you hear that term, show up to give, not to get, uh, what does that mean to you? What impression does it give you when you hear that? And we'll start with uh, our special guest today, Tristina. How about you share what that means to you when you hear someone say that? Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning. For me, showing up to give and not to get just means, uh, for I, I think I would say it this way, uh, servant leadership, right? Where you're serving others and there's no expectation in return of what they're going to give you back. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bridget, what about you? And my answer is, is pretty much the same as Tracina's. Good morning, everybody. Um, just showing up to give, showing up to be of service um, and not having um, a motive to what I'm going to get in return or what my expectation is to get in return. Mm. So, and I think the key word here there, Bridget, was expectation, right? Uh, and and mm -hmm. getting what you get back. And I think that's a key component. We'll certainly uh, get into that a little bit more. Uh, I agree with that too. Um, but I, what's a little bit different for me is uh, I also look at it from the standpoint of almost like a balance sheet, and that is deposits versus withdrawals, right? And it, again, just like everything else in life, people say things should be 50-50, and that's also like perfection does not exist. It's never going to be perfectly balanced like that. But mm -hmm. I look at it from the standpoint of how much time are you spending? How much effort are you putting in to deposit into someone, into other situations versus just taking or withdrawing from those situations and being conscious and aware of that fact of what your balance sheet looks like from a depositing versus with withdrawing standpoint. Yeah. And one of the key areas that I think that we uh, do that in sometimes and don't realize is, especially in individual, individual relationships, is emotional support. Uh, emotionally, mm -hmm. how are you showing up to deposit into someone to support them versus taking away from someone and having them just feed what you need? Because there's uh, two different sides to that. What comments do you have on that? And I think with that, you have to be really intentional because sometimes you can have friends that you have just been so used to that person. You're bidding to that person a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you're calling them with your uh, with concerns. You're asking them to help, help you figure something out. And sometimes we get caught up in that person because that person may be the stronger person. Right. And so we never sometimes we won't think, well, that might, person might need us as well. And so mm -hmm. you have to really be intentional with, okay, I have this person that I always talk to and I always call, but now I need to be intentional about, hey, so how's your day? Like, what is it that you need? Um, and sometimes we get caught up in our own stuff and we forget that, especially when we're talking about the strong friend. And mm -hmm. I always talk about that person because sometimes I'm that person. And I tr know Tracina feels the same um, because she was a strong person for me in the in the past. So now I'm really into and I wasn't always um, intentional about that. And I think that was very selfish. But when we get caught up in everything that's going on with us, we sometimes forget that other the person that we're leaning on or the person that we're we're getting and, and we're getting from. We need to deposit into them as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Tracina, what thoughts do you have on that? You know, when I think about it, the emotional aspect of showing up as a, a giver, uh, I don't 
when you follow with the no expectations, <clears throat> if you're giving, you have to make sure that your emotional state, and Brian, I like that um, balance sheet, uh, is in a place where you can give. Because emotionally, if someone is coming for to you, uh, especially if you're serving them in a capacity such as, you know, nonprofit work or in ministry, uh, you need to have your emotions in check because if not what they're coming to get from you, then you'll have an expectation. Well, you're asking me to do this, but I need this or I need that. So I think the emotional component of showing up to give is that what I'm going to offer you is that I can sit in that space where you need something from me and emotionally I can filter through whatever it is you're showing me mm -hmm. so that there's no expectation that if there's something you say that triggers me or it triggers something that I may have experienced that it doesn't pull something out of me that then I'm expecting something from either the experience, the encounter, or you the person that actually was showing up to get something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to yeah. go back to, uh, thank you, Tristina. I want to go back to something Bridget brought up there when she was talking about, you know, that rock, that strong person that you have. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you have this sense that they don't need that, you know, because they're always that rock and that solid person. And that's so not true, right? Just because mm -hmm. they have that personality and that personality trait of being kind of the guide and the rock and the, 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 the person people tend to lean on that doesn't mean that they don't have a need to feel supported, to feel heard and that type thing. Uh, so that's another area I think we need to really be conscious of and open our eyes to and say, you know, I don't do a good job of that with this person because they're my rock. So all I do is lean on them, but every now and then you need to give them that chance to be able to lean back, right? And be yeah. able to that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I would like to add Bridget mentioned that I was that strong friend for her. And we do sometimes see those who are strong as not needing it. And in a discipleship, y'all know I'm in, in ministry. So uh, I'll pull some of that in just because of the experience. But I had a person in our discipleship group that said, well, you, you seem like you're so strong and you don't never need anything. So when you do have a need, no one knows. And I think there is in this give, uh, and, and take uh, as far as giving and getting, we have to remember that we are all the same. And so if there's a season of your life where you need to be able to go to someone else, just remember there's going to be a season in, their, in that person's life who may be the strong friend or someone you can always go to that they need. And I think what we need to do is just start showing up and saying, hey, how are you today? And is there anything you need from me? And I think those who are always comfortable with getting from their quote unquote strong friends, that's not something they stop and consider. Correct. That maybe I need to ask her, what is it that you need? Or ask him, hey, how can I show up for you today in the way that you've shown up for me? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I don't want to seem like, you know, I'm putting all my stuff in places where people usually come to ask me to you know, either support them, encourage them. So I just always keep that balance and just, I don't know, that's, that's an area of growth for me. Uh, I don't know how to transition into that other person where I need to say, hey, today is not a good day for me to be given out. I need to receive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 have, I wasn't, 
well, you know, in in serving others now in the capacity of a nonprofit, yeah. And even my volunteers come to me and, and I'm thinking in my head when they're coming to me, okay, somebody I need somebody, you know, mm-hmm. too. So it is hard to be, you know, to say, hey, I can't, I'm not really feeling this right now. Can I, can you ask me how I'm doing first or whatever? So I'll just let it build up. And and that's what I'm working mm-hmm. on. That's, that's a personal growth yeah. for me is working on yeah. being able to say, Hey, I can't. And I've been practicing no for some months now. It feels really good. Um, <laughs> but I know <laughs> it's bay. Uh, but I, um, I still have to be very conscious of, you know, reminding other people that lean on me. Hey, I need you to sometimes ask me how I'm doing yeah. or, or, or reminding them without being sarcastic or offending them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the yeah. other piece of it too, I think is um, we get into it with it's time and energy, right? Because it does take mm-hmm. some actual effort and it takes some of your energy to be that person who's open and receiving so that people can, uh, you know, interact with you. And you're not just, uh, again, and Bridget, I know one of the sessions we did recently, you kind of use this term like uh, they're almost like an emotional vampire, right? They're just sucking everything out of everybody else. But, you know, that type, that type of situation. And that can be emotionally draining. That can, that, mm-hmm. that's your time, your energy and whatever else you have. So understanding that there needs to really be some kind of balance around that mm-hmm. uh, is, I think, a very key component to be aware of. Right, right. Because these lines can get crossed. And self-care has, and self-awareness has a lot to do with that. And you can come in and give without expecting to get um, mm-hmm. when your heart, when it's, it's a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to go in here and I know this is what I come to do. But in actuality, you do get when you serve, mm-hmm. you and I think we'll go into yeah. that later on. But do you do receive, um, yeah. even though you don't you don't know that you will or that you you don't have intentions of doing that, you will receive right. if your heart is open. And and that's the key component. And I, I want to get into that a little bit now because I'm glad you brought that up. Um, receiving gets, I think confused in some ways because uh it's this thing or this thought that it has to be a tangible thing when that you receive mm-hmm. and it's not always that you know it, it's not always going to be a tangible thing that you receive so understanding that and then also when you receive it might be something that you deposit today but that withdrawal that you get to do mm-hmm. might be five years from now that's related to that. Absolutely. So not this instant gratification, which is the world we live in today, and people want it instantly, yeah. right? Uh, and understanding that too is that how you receive and what you receive very well might not be a tangible thing, and it might not happen for a, a period of time is a, a key component to it also. I agree. So what about this? Um, one of the things that I always look at and, and talk about when we're receiving, because Immediately, I think a lot of people might have saw the topic and go, well, I volunteer to do this at the holidays or I volunteer to do that. And not to say that that's not important, but that's not really the gist of what we're saying here because it's it's a little bit different. It's not because volunteering obviously matters and that is your way of giving back. And, you know, that's when you say give versus getting, I'm volunteering, therefore I'm, I'm taking care of or I'm feeding that particular thing. But what we're talking about is definitely more at that emotional level, that spiritual level, that uh, one-to-one understanding of other individuals. And that piece of 
the give versus get is, is I think more what our focus is today. Not to say that we're not also talking about the volunteerism that you may do, mm-hmm. but that's I think part of the bigger picture than the, the micro picture that, that we're really focused on today. And so, and, and then I pose a question to you guys and to the audience as well. Sometimes when we're in relationships, whether it be intimate relationships, family relationships, uh, we do give because that's who we are. We're givers. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you draw a line? Because sometimes we give until we don't have any more left to give, and then we start wanting to receive. How do you keep that balance? How do you keep that balance when you're the person, the strong person in the family, or when you when people just know you're going to give, so they don't even ask for it; they just mention. <laughs> the need and they yeah. know you're going to jump in there and give it um and so how do you balance that and 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 so you won't be pouring from an empty cup so mm. how, how do you do that so audience how do you do that and, and i'm asking you guys as well how do you do that how do you how do you draw that line Justina, what do you think uh well i'll tell you in this season of life it is a challenge um mm. i'm learning how to have boundaries and in one particular area, it's as as a mom, you know, as mothers, that's what we do. We give, right? We give for the benefit of our kids and, and what they need in different ages and stages. And so I have my 27-year-old who uh, is back home. And so learning how to have that balance of I can't always give to you and the things that she needs because I got these other little ones that I'm still raising, right? They're much younger. And so I'm learning how to balance that, having the need to be a mom to my younger ones and then still navigating what parenting an adult child looks like who has moved back home. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been tough. I mean, emotionally, it's been tough because y'all, sometimes I pull up in my garage and I sit there. I'm like, before I can even go in the house, (laughs) <laughs> that's a thing that's a thing yeah. sitting in your car for a while is a thing for real <laughs> yeah and so I've had to take those moments so that I can gather myself because when, especially when you serve in community and you're going into the community of course to give and then as soon as you make it home it's like they're they're taking and and that's what we know is okay right for our children but I have a 27 year old adult. And so I'm having to tell her, no, honey, you got to do that. But then in the other aspect of, of just life in general is when you're a giver, you have to be intentional on what your limits are going to be. You have to set boundaries. And um, I think just in who I am as a person, I've learned through the years um, that I am a giver. I do show up in those places but I've learned from having moments of exhaustion and feeling um, that I wasn't appreciated in the way that I showed up to give. You got to set boundaries mm-hmm. because those who are looking to get will all always be willing to seek out the givers, right? Absolutely. And so having boundaries is important, Bridget. And, and it's something I'm still learning, right? How to navigate it because I don't want my 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 oldest to feel like I'm pushing her aside because no matter how old they get, kids still need their parents in some aspect. But learning how to balance that with her being back home, but then in life period, just realizing, you know, and those that you serve. And there are some people, because my number is public, 
you know, working in uh, the community uh, that uh, sometimes the, the phone calls and texts come in late and can you do this and can you do that? So I'm like, where's your boundaries and right. stick to your boundaries. So. Stick to the boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, I'm going to go back to Bridget's original question there. And and one of the things that kind of came out of that, and I think is self-care, right? Mm. Uh, because, you know, you talk about you pull into the garage and you're like, okay, <laughs> I need a minute, right? Yeah. I've heard Bridget say that before about when she first gets to school in the morning, sometimes that's what she has to do is actually sit there in the car for a moment mm -hmm. uh, and then kind of go, okay. I'm ready for this, right? And so that's all part of that self-care piece that, again, it's some a lot of awareness that goes around that to know when mm -hmm. your cup is getting empty, when you need to be recharged, and then making sure that you find the time, the place, or the people who do yeah. that for you uh, oh, yeah. is, is a key component to it. So, uh, but I think the thing too is you have to be aware of uh, when what it takes, who those people are, where those places are. Mm -hmm. And then the main piece of that from there on out is time. Where do you find the time? Dedicating yeah. the time, scheduling the time. And I know Bridget will, will definitely talk about that piece of it. That's one thing that I know she does quite a bit of is she actually mm -hmm. schedules some time for some very specific things. Yeah, and you have to be intentional. I'm going to tell you, I used to be all over the place with my, I think when I met Tristina, I was just all over the place. Just like, you know, young kids, older kids, kids, grandkids, and, and want to do this and teaching and, and want to do organization just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any rhyme or reason or any scheme to what, what was first. Mm -hmm. And so I will be very transparent in saying, it took me up until the probably the end part of last year to really get it all organized because I still was not saying no. And, and Brian can, can attest that I was emotionally involved in everybody's stuff on my own. Um, they kind of put the, the the fishing pole out there and they didn't really lift it up. I just kept climbing up on the fishing pole. Just let me in, let me, let me help. And so I um, had to like, okay, stop because I was, yeah. you know, at a point where you talked about uh, Tristina, where you just exhausted. So I had to plan out my giving. And a lot of it at first was back to myself. I was giving yeah. to myself and may have seemed, appeared kind of um, selfish, but that was the only way I can start sorting out my giving to other people. Mm -hmm. so I had to kind of pour back into me for a little bit. And I know we'll talk about that as well, but I didn't ever want to stop being a giving person. Mm -hmm. As Brian said, you have to be intentional um, about self-care and intentional about, you know, your giving season and, and intentional about who, who you can get from, like who can you replenish, who can you go to to replenish what you need. And that's what I had to I had to kind of sort out. Um, and it's work for me. Um, like my hands are still <laughs> no shaky. <laughs> I would say, let me see how I feel today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it works for me, um, and, and and it's not it's not favorable amongst the people that care or say they care about me or appear to care about me. Some people it wasn't a a, a good thing for me uh, to do, but um, it it helped my peace, mm -hmm. and I still can be yeah. peaceful in giving. And what you said about boundaries, I still can be peaceful in giving and still have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what I've done the last three months, um, the, 
I've been in my teach people how to treat me season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has allowed me to give without, um, um, in a peaceful manner. I'll say that. Say, say a little bit more about that, because I, I when you think about this from a giving versus getting, but then you say treat people, uh, teach people how to treat you. So if you are then giving, you are teaching them how to give. Right? How to so, give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we don't want to make mention to people because we don't want people to seem like, oh, she's only doing this for me so I can do this for her. Right. Um, but to, to the people that we know are getting more from us and they're giving, we have to teach them because they may not know I need that from you. Okay, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I know you always call me with this, that, and the other, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen to you on the phone the whole 30 mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. Um, talk, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, hey, so I'm going to I'm gonna give you what I think you're saying, and if you tell me if you want my opinion or do you want me to just listen, that's fine, but I need you to be there for me as well, and it was like I, I didn't know how to tell people that without feeling like, Oh, they don't think I'm saying they don't never do. You know, we talk ourselves out of it, you know, with that stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. What I say, we talk ourselves out of teaching people how we want to be treated. And so since I'm a giver and I'm never going to stop being that person, then I may as well start teaching people how to treat me in the giving. It makes perfect sense to me. So let me ask this question um, as part of that and a follow up to that. What about assumptions and assuming that? The other person gets it, knows it, understands it, knows what you need, mm-hmm. that whole nine yards. And that's from both sides, right? That's the the, the giver and the person also mm-hmm. that's, that's receiving. Um, what do you say about assumptions and how that can play into the dynamics of whatever the relationship may be? Chusina. <laughs> you know, I've I've learned that the best thing you can do is communicate, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Um, much of my life has been serving other people professionally and personally. Uh, and I am, I'm very fulfilled in what I do, you know, as a mom, as a minister. And so what I've learned though, is you have to communicate because for some of us being a giver, like that part of who we are, that, that is, um, not something everybody really has tapped into. I don't want to say everyone doesn't have that capacity or that ability, but they haven't tapped into it, right? So mm-hmm. they may be just takers um, or those looking to get, but you have to communicate that. So when my kids are constantly, and I'll speak to the parent part, um, are, are wanting this and that, I have to tell them there is five of you and there's one of me, whether it's phone calls, text, mom, can you do this? Mom, can you do that? There is five of you and there's one of me. Who mm-hmm. else can come and do that very thing that you're asking me to do? Because right now I'm not going to do it, right? I just don't have the 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 ability to stop and make changes. And, and you know, there's flexibility. We've learned that as parents. But you have to communicate that because if you don't, then... What happens is then you find that there's issues, right? Someone is upset or angry and they feel like, well, you didn't do this and that. And 
it's because I didn't communicate. So I've just learned the best way you can do that. You have to communicate to those who are coming to you to get from you. And then even as a giver, what are you communicating to the other person that I'm willing to give in this moment or, you know, in this relationship? So communication is key. It, yeah, right. I definitely agree with you. I, um, I'm i sorry, Brian, you wanted to no, say something? I spent most of my life assuming, right? Mm. Assuming that people understood when I gave, you know, that, you know, I wanted something, you know, I wanted to feel the way I'm Mm. making you feel. I want to get, I want to get what I'm giving. Um, I want to be served um, and not making it about being a parent, but that teaches you if once you (laughs) think about parenthood, (laughs) it teaches you so many life lessons that don't even have to do with parenthood. But when I'm now that I have grown children, I assumed because you're grown now, you should know that your mom feels this kind of way when you when you're not you know giving or when you're not when you're receiving but not giving back. Your mom feels this kind of way when your mom feels and they don't. I mean, some people just don't get it. And so, like you said, communication is key because I assumed that, you know, the girls that I served that they understood that Miss Bridget sometimes wants you know, just common courtesy. Some some people don't know that. So you do have yeah. to communicate that. You know, I like to feel appreciated sometimes, guys, you know, when I do this um, or, you know, say thank you or even with my kids, you know, I, it's, I'm going to tell you, kids not calling you back is a thing too. And so, <laughs> you know, call me back if I call you because if I call, if you call me and I don't answer, you know, then you sending out the police department or whatever because <laughs> I miss you. Um, so, you know, treat me the way I'm treating you, but I didn't communicate that before. I just assumed you knew. I just assumed yeah. everyone knows because I know. And so that's where the teaching part comes in and, and definitely the communicating come in that comes in as well. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing is something that I learned too, and as they said, whether it's parenting or career or whatever else it might be, is setting the expectation. That's all part of the communication mm-hmm. circle, right? Uh, setting that expectation of, of what it is that you need, desire, um, you know, and being clear with the different relationships in your life too, because the expectations you have with children is going to be different from your personal siblings, for example, mm-hmm. versus your closest friends versus mm-hmm. your coworkers. So there's different levels and different tiers that you also have to understand. And again, you have to sort that out for self as to what you need, how you need it, and what needs to be balanced from a giving and getting and deposits and withdrawals and emotionally and, 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 and mm-hmm. so on and so on from all these different levels and types of relationships. And that's a key piece of it uh, to, to, yeah. to kind of be able to sort that out. Uh, but the key too is not only to get it sorted out, but then to know how to then manage it as you move forward, whether mm-hmm. it's a self-care piece of it. Uh, and the dynamics of relationships also change, right? Uh, how you, you know, and Christina, you have five kids, right? How you relate it to a 12 year old versus a 17 year old versus a 25 year old, mm-hmm. same child, yeah. but a different child at a different stage yeah. in life. So me right. working your way through that piece of it is, is a big part as well. Right. Right. Um, so let's, let's look at this too, from a, 
obviously we've kind of talked a, a little bit on the outskirts of volunteerism and and that piece of it and i think that's also a key piece because i believe at in some level and at some way we all have and i'm going to use the term a responsibility um and it's just it's my thought so i get, I get to own one right so that's my thought <laughs> to, to do what we can to make the world a better place Right. Yeah. And so I think part of that circle is giving. Right. And so there are many different ways that you can do that through volunteerism or even a platform like this or what, what Bridge is doing with mentoring the, the, the mm -hmm. teenage girls that she mentors and, you know, Tristina, the things that you've done. What was your motivation is, is the question I have for, for you to, to start down that pathway? Um, and obviously there's two sides to that coin one side of it is the greater good but then the other side of it is what was in it for you so i'd like to hear what you have to say about that well you you both know my story and so um starting a mentor program was not what, what was my first idea but i really wanted to do outreach um just kind of giving um uh knowledge to the community as far as teens um you know the things that i thought they needed to know about the community helping it was both mostly serving right i didn't really think about just catering to teenage girls and me and tracina talked years ago about that and that's where it came from but I can't even say I went into it wanting to get anything because I had so much, uh, so many experiences as a teen and so many experiences as a young mother um, that I just wanted to share it with them um, mm -hmm. so that in some hope they would not take some of those detours that I had to take. Um, and then some of them were great. You know, some of my journeys that, you know, detours were for my greater, my greater good. So I just want, I didn't even know if I was trying to get something out of it. I just want to see people, um, empower people based on my experiences. And maybe that's what I was trying to get to see other people empowered based on my experiences. Um, so when I went into it, it was just to empower other young women and young and teenage girls and so that they can make different decisions. And because I wanted, I wish I would have had a me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. and I had a parent, you know, I had parents, but I didn't have a me and not, not patting myself on the back. But sometimes even now when I talk and do topics, I, I always say, sometimes I say, wow, Bridget, I wish somebody would have told me that, you know, and even people yeah. have said, you know, parents have said, thank you for telling my daughter that or whatever. And and, and I wish somebody would have told me that. And I'm like, same. I wish somebody would have told me that too. So I went into it to serve. Um, and I didn't expect to get back. But, it, you know, just moving forward, the getting back that I get, the getting back is so much bigger and larger than what I give. Because mm -hmm. I walk away thinking, wow. Um, I, I go into the um, shelters, um, homeless shelters here in Houston and talk with teen girls. And I walk away, I walk away feeling empowered um, because they teach me that in any situation, in any environment, they can still be themselves and they can still be who they were created to be and they still want to. Yeah. They still want to. And I can't imagine being a teenage girl living in a, in a homeless shelter with my mom and my brother and still having dreams, right? Mm -hmm. So they empower me. I walk away with that. And I, 
but at the beginning, I didn't know if I was trying to get anything. I was just trying to share um, mm -hmm. what had happened to me and what to um, and, and just give them a, uh, my newness because I, I couldn't go to them from an empty place. So once mm -hmm. I was like um, all these things that, that I felt like I missed out on and all the areas of my life that was broken, that was healed. Once it was restored, I feel like I can give that to others. So that's that's what I did. That was my point. Awesome. Awesome. You know, that's that's good to hear. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we're out and we 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 have the opportunities to have an impact and to make a difference. Um, and a lot of times you don't know what you don't know. Right. You enter yeah. it thinking one thing and it ends up ended up being something a little bit different. Uh, Tristina, what about you? Uh, your your journey and to, to start down the road where you are now and giving back and, and being engaged in the community. What were, you know, your initial thoughts as to why you wanted to do it from a serving standpoint, but then also what was some of the things that maybe you thought it would feed back to you? Well, the story is very similar to Bridget's. You know, as, as a child growing up, there were certain things you just didn't get. And then as I got older and began working in education, I realized there's a whole lot of children that have different circumstances, but the same experience of there's just certain things I'm not getting from, you know, my home or my community. And so um, the last five years of being a, a, an educator, a public school uh, teacher, I realized that there's more that our communities need. And my heart, I guess, through the journey, my own personal story um, and going through uh, those challenging times, I realized that, you know what, we need to show up for others. And the things that I didn't get, I want to make sure that others. And so um, my heart through all of that didn't become hardened it was uh, even more tender towards those and, and compassionate and understanding. And so those years I spent, the last years in education, I was like, there's a lot of work to do. And while I may not be in the classroom, I still can connect with my community and, and find ways to serve. And then when I uh, left uh, the classroom, uh, there was an opportunity for me to enter full-time ministry. And so that's another level of service, you know. And what I learned is in life general, not all of us get what it is we need in, the journey, in, in our life's journey. And so there are those, I believe, the Lord has tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, you're it. I'm calling you into a life of service. What am I looking to get, honestly? It's not anything personal, but to see that whatever a person needed, they were able to get it because I was in in proximity and I was there to show up. You know, maybe it's just a smile. Maybe it's just a hug if they're having a moment. And maybe it's just a listening ear, right? So in, in any capacity that I'm serving, it really is about making sure that that person is getting what they need. And I'll tell you, in a very um, dark season of my own life, I'm, I'm scrolling through my phone, right? I drop my kids off at school and life is just tough. I'm scrolling through my phone. I probably had 200 contacts, but I didn't feel like there was anyone that would really be able to carry the weight 
of my hurt, of my brokenness. And so that is why I show up for others, because I don't believe we should ever do life alone. But to have 200 people in your phone, in your contacts, but not have anyone that can be there. I was like, I, I definitely don't want somebody else going through that. So now, you know, the blessing in ministry is you get to do that uh, mm -hmm. and serve other people. And the fulfillment is that a life has been changed. Mm -hmm. It's been impacted by your service. Absolutely. You know, that's powerful, yeah. especially when you think about, like you said, you've got 200 friends or 200 people on your phone. It's like yeah. social media as well. And it, social media yeah. is what it is. We're, we're on it right now. So I can't hammer it to death, but oh, I have 5,000 followers. But do you have... Of, of those 5,000 people, who yeah. can you lean on in those times, uh, just like you described, and that can understand you and the pain, the hurt, just the situation that you may be in. So that's yeah. that's a key component. And that's the note that I actually made right here, which is very interesting because, uh, and it, uh, it, it says, you know, get tuned in. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I think that's a key part of it too, is yes, we all have busy lives and, you know, families, careers, all these various things are swirling around us all the time. However, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't take some of that mental capacity, some of the time and the energy and make some effort to get tuned in to those in your life, to the environment around you to see where you can start to quote unquote, give, to make a difference, to get right. engaged. Um, but if you just, you know, blinders on, tunnel vision, doing your thing, uh, you, you're not tuned in to really what's going on around you. And so that's one of the things I wanted to bring to the table to say, you know, even this platform for me is my way of getting it out of my thinking, out of my head, out of my heart, my spirit, wherever it might be, and putting it out there in the world. It may resonate with us some, it may may not resonate with others, but the whole point is I've chosen to try to get tuned in and to yeah. at least put it out there in an attempt to make a difference. So that's why I would challenge others to do is to really get those blinders off and hey, look, get your head up, look around and go, wow, you know, this person's going through this, or I get the sense that this is happening there. You know what? I that's can right. get engaged there and I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And take the initiative to to start to do those things uh, without That's being right. prompted, without expecting something in return, all That's of those right. different pieces and parts of it. And a lot of times people will let their past experiences with other people prevent them from being a giver or mm -hmm. they feel like, well, I can only do this, but, you know, and compare with the, the gift that they have to other gifts that other people have. Yeah. Well, I don't do this. So I don't think nobody's going to really need that. But I'm going to tell you what I've learned is the giver always gets. I mean, it may not be the same weight as what you gave, but you're going to get, you're going to always, you're never going to go without somebody's going to, somebody needs you, right? And so somebody's going to show you that they that they need you. And you're going to always get, um, whether it's self-sacrifice, I mean, self-fulfillment, or whether it's someone actually showing you that they appreciate it. And I used to, and you know, I'm very transparent, as I said before, about how I used to think. Um, um, and that's probably why I have so many great stories. I, I'm going to call them great, because for me, they are great stories. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't think I could give back, you know, and then I was going by numbers. Y'all know that about me. I was always thinking about how many number of girls, and if it wasn't a number, a, a large group, then it, I wasn't effective or uh, 
but I learned that it just reaching one, like Brian said, just reaching one person. If one person looked at this podcast today and was helped, then the mission, you know, the goal was achieved. Um, so don't let your past experiences of giving talk you out of giving because you were hurt. Because like Trisina said, even in the brokenness, she still pushed forward because you were hurt. So I'm not going to be like that anymore because they, they're just going to use me. Um, I, even in relationships, you know, women tend to be like, well, I'm not going to trust anybody else anymore. I'm not going to give my heart. I'm not going to give my love or even with children, uh, with our children and our and our uh, friendships. You know, well, I, I just don't I hear a lot of women say I don't have any women friends because I get along better with men. I just like that makes no sense. We need each other. So don't let your past experiences keep you from being a giver, especially if, if God has in, in God has given us all a serving heart. Now, whether we use God as our own, um, our own personal uh, reasons for not, but don't let it be because you were hurt before or I'm not giving because I don't ever get anything back. Really think about what you what happened when you gave and what you walked away from. Just if you walked away with uh, being appreciative that you could help someone because it's always going to be somebody less fortunate. You know, I know that's mm-hmm. cliche. It's always somebody less fortunate than you. Um, but there are, there are people that are in worse um, situations that you are in. And to be able to reach back and pull somebody up from that because you know you've been there, to me, is the get itself. That's my get. Mm-hmm. That's what I get is to know that I was was able. And like Tristina said, you know, God is like, okay, you're the one. I'm going to pick you. We all have an individual pur- purpose here on earth. And whether you found mm-hmm. your purpose now or not, it is to serve. Mm-hmm. Bear it all the way down to the, to the end. If you get to the bottom of it, it's going to be to serve in some mm-hmm. capacity. And that's why we mm-hmm. were here we were put on this earth is to serve. So um, I just wanted to say that while it was on my mind, don't let past experiences or don't let hurts or um, neglect or assumptions um, mm-hmm. being a giver. Cause we were all put here to, to give. Give. Absolutely. Um, Bridget, while you, uh, I want to go back to something that kind of resonated with me too. You were talking about being in the homeless shelters, you know, and, and having that interaction and that type thing. Uh, I think another piece of giving and one of the benefits of, of definitely being a giver and, and getting engaged is it makes you truly appreciate the things you do have in your life, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it shines a, a light that you can't even imagine until you're in those moments. Uh, is there, can you kind of maybe tell a story or share maybe an experience that you had personally from that. And I've talked to my girls about this because in Houston, I see, I go to homeless shelters, but in, in, in Nacogdoches, I have actual girls that I mentor and some of them are in college, you know, in different parts of Texas now, but I still have that communication. And I tell them this, the experiences and I'm at a, at a homeless shelter and I'm talking about something like, just like getting a hamburger. Right. And I'm having a conversation with the youth worker there. And I said, oh, that she was talking about lunch. And I said, oh, I, I want a hamburger, um, but I want a homemade one. I don't want to go buy one. And one of the girls said, that must be nice to be able to make a hamburger at your house. I didn't even realize that they didn't have a stove in there because where the house in, in, in most shelters, they have like a mini fridge, but they don't give them like 
um, a, a, a stove or, or uh, anything that they can um, fix food because of, of safety, right? Mm. So mm. have to go to the community kitchen to cook your own meals. If you want to cook, if you can, if you have time or if you can cook for your family, you have to go to the community room and cook for your family. So something like making a hamburger, so simple, right? I didn't realize that they can't even do that. And so we started to talk about at that moment, that was a time that was, that was a, a teaching moment. You know, let's talk about how that feels and how to process that. But I didn't even think about they couldn't make a hamburger. So something simple as that. And I tell my kids, my mentees, you don't know how good it is mm -hmm. for you. you have to go to the kitchen and make noodles. Oh, you don't have hamburgers or whatever you want to make, but you know, you have something. And some kids can't even go into a kitchen, open the refrigerator up, and then start cooking food. They gotta they gotta write down a time where they can go in the kitchen, their parent has to be there. Just going through that process, it, it makes you so um it, it's so humbling, like I've always said. Mm -hmm. Just walking away from there. Um, and then knowing that they want to talk about stuff like boys and girls and making charm bracelets and just normal teenage stuff. Yeah, I don't. For me, I don't know if I would be in the right mindset to want to talk about that. I want to talk about where we're gonna live, where I can go fix me a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they don't think on that those things. So it's really humbling experience uh, for me. And I tell tell my girls, and I tell either even kids in my classroom you know how blessed you are to be able to do that because some teenagers and, and they go right to school with the all these things going on and they go right to school and and live try to live somewhat of a normal mm -hmm. teenage life yeah absolutely wow. Tristina, what about you uh, experiences like that or stories that that you want to share well i you know especially when we talk about giving and getting um mm. and i'm going to come from the parent aspect, because as a child, uh, I, I, there was trauma in my home. And I think I was 15 or 16. Uh, I was asked to leave because my stepfather didn't want me there anymore. Wow. So I, I know the uncomfortable and uncertainty and not having security. So that's why I provide that for my children. Right. Um, and I shared a little bit on a post on Facebook. I think, you know, if you ever look at my post and you think, oh, she's just showing how perfect her life is. No, what I'm showing you is the healing process uh, mm. for me. That is not that my parents couldn't give it for whatever reason. It just wasn't there, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. And not only for my own children, but for the kids that um, became my children when I was teaching you know, they need to see that that a mom can be intentional, you know, that a parent can put them first. And those are the things like, you know, when I would get a, a note from a student, you know, Miss Jones, I'm going to run away or no one loves me. No one wants me. I will pull them close. I pick them up on the weekend and they would go out to, to lunch with my daughter. And, you know, and so I have taken those moments in my journey and use them for something better mm -hmm. so that others can see that it's possible. And if we look around us, like Bridget shared, you know, with those children, how do you even <clears throat> remotely know what normal, if there's a such thing, or, you know, I want this, and then you can keep showing up to life if they don't have some of the basic necessities. 
And these are our children, right? The youngest in our society. And I just feel like there's a lot of work to be done. And it's healing for me. Uh, it's encouragement for me because I realize that no matter what my journey may have been, there is uh, something I can do to change that narrative, not just for me, but for others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe a parent will see, hey, I can you know, show up different with my kids and maybe a kid. Because you know what I've learned? That some of my students, they follow me on Facebook. And so those same kids that had challenges and, and you know, struggles, there was something that connected them to me and me to them in that classroom, but now it is extended. And so I'll go through my follow list and I'll see their names on there. They don't always comment. Um, and so that's why I give back, you know, or that's why I give the way that I give out toward our youth or children, because my experience as, as a child and a youth, uh, it was not always pleasant. And so, um, I serve intentionally in that area for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say this because you you kind of um, prompt me to think about social media. And yeah. you said people may say, oh, she's just trying to show how your perfect life is, perfect your life is. I want to say this, the people that are listening, come close. <laughs> A lot of times we are... What we're doing is is we're a platform for how good God is. I don't care what anybody say about my posts. I'm never yeah. trying to brag. Yeah. I'm always trying to show women, especially women yeah. with children, women who have been single parents, women that have come in up as a teenager that just didn't have any self-esteem, any well, they had low self-esteem, didn't have any confidence in what they can do. Women that have given up. I'm 50 yeah. years old and I haven't did any of these things I said I was going to do and I'm probably going to never be able to do it. I am that person. I believe he, and, and this is not a pat on the back. This is real. This is real stuff right here. I believe yeah. that God has chosen some people to show other people that it's possible. And I believe yeah. I'm one of those people. And so I'm out there, you know, a lot of people like, you know, you be on there and you used to be acting like everything's so good and you're this, this. And I'm like, no, I'm real transparent when something is bothering me. Now, I don't put my, my business out there, but you'll kind of get if I'm kind of like, OK, I feel like I need some I need some support now. But, yeah. you know, I have people that I go to for that. For the most part, part I'm out there and as well as you, Trisina, and as well as you, Brian, we're out there to show the world that this yeah. is possible. Mm -hmm. I look at yeah. me, look at me, and I'm not, you know, I'm pretty animated. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> animated. Oh, uh, so I, I do the most. I do. I, I'll be the first to say, but it's because I, I, I'm, I didn't always do the most, and I yeah. couldn't always do the most, and I didn't always makes me want to cry. I didn't always think I could do the most. Mm. So. That's why I'm like that. And, and and that's why we're that's why we show the world how our lives are now, because we want to show other people that it is possible. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Anything is possible. Thanks for sharing that, Bridget. So I want to now kind of throw the hand grenade on all of this, uh, because mm -hmm. one of the things that I think comes into play that brings about some fear and some discomfort for people, and that's mm -hmm. the word vulnerability. Right. Mm -hmm. So that I think is the big one from a being a giver, getting engaged, uh, tuning in, whatever other term we want to use, some of the things you already talked about. 
Because to do that at any level, yes, you do have to open yourself up. Um, and so mm-hmm. that, can, that can be a little bit scary. That can be uncomfortable. But the that's the thing we have to make that decision of, is it worth it? You know, what's yeah. my the give versus get. I am opening myself up. I'm being, I have to be vulnerable to, you know, let people in, to get closer, to get close to them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what would you like to say about that from, was it easy for you to do? Was it, did it take some work to get beyond that point of, okay, I know I'm being vulnerable and I have to open myself up, but initially, you know, nope, not doing it. And then it, it takes some time and you finally get there. How was that experience for you guys? Well, for me, the vulnerability came in in waves. Like, it just sometimes I was very confident that this was what I was supposed to do. And then sometimes I would be like, mm, they heard me last time. They did this last time. They said this last time. I mean, it, I just went, it was just in and out. And so I, I can't say that I've learned how to not feel that way because it depends on, the arena I'm in, um, like I'm now moving into doing other things in my outreach and, and mentoring. And so I'm a little bit insecure about that. And and based on the past experiences, I'm still going to go, but I'm, I'm really like my vulnerability is still on, on high alert because I don't know how people are going to receive it or they're going to take advantage of it or what. So it's in and out for me. Um, but when it comes to working with my kids and even like I just have no host bar in terms of that. I don't feel the I don't feel vulnerable at all, maybe because I feel like what I have to offer is so impactful um, yeah. or what I, not my, what I have to offer. Like I have it all. My story is my stories are so impactful that I, I have no choice but to get it yeah. out. So I don't yeah. feel that vulnerability because I have no choice but to give mm-hmm. it to get it out. Got it. Tristina, what about you? I just show up uh, nervous mm-hmm. and vulnerable and just saying, okay, I'm here to serve. It doesn't mm-hmm. always come across like people don't always see that. You know, they see the confidence, they see a strong woman. But I, I will tell you, I'm very vulnerable because you know, when you go through life, especially as a, when your journey is of difficulty starts when you're young and you've been hurt and you've been injured, you know, you can get to adulthood where you can make a logical decision and say, no, I'm not doing it. But I've chosen that it's okay to be vulnerable in the place where you serve and where you're showing up to give. But I want to be very transparent. I want to move it away from the service aspect, there's a part of my life. I'm, I'm a single woman. I'm very vulnerable about and afraid, if I'll be honest, of showing up again in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Because I've been married and divorced twice. And so um, my heart, I don't know if it's open for that. Uh, not marriage, but I don't know if it's just open for what all that takes place. Because I heard someone years ago say, um, uh, would you love um, you you give permission for people to hurt you, right? Not intentionally, mm. not mm. maliciously, um, not in a manipulative way, but we're all imperfect, right? And so there's an aspect of us showing up in relationships where we're going to have to give of ourselves for the benefit of someone else. And I did that 
I believe in a way that I should have in my marriages. And I don't know that uh, my heart is, is, is ready to handle that or juggle that right now. So, you know, in life and service, absolutely. You just show up vulnerable because you know, that's what, you know, you need to do. But in certain aspects of my life, I'm still treading lightly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally get that. that. And that that's a key. And uh, let me share. And then I want to come back to something I made a note on. So for me, uh, you know, even in starting this platform, and as Bridget was saying a little while ago, I've, I, there's, you know, this inner thing that says, I've got some things to share. Let's get it out there. Mm-hmm. However, for me, from a vulnerability standpoint, I have never been a person that wanted to be in front of the camera. Well, yeah. let me even back up. I didn't like to take even pictures. Damn, screw video. I mean, pictures were. <laughs> I'll take pictures of people all day long. But it's like, wait, you want me to be in the picture? Uh, well, <laughs> no, it's not me. Uh, so to work past that, to get to this point where now it's like, all right, let's turn on the camera. Let's do this. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I bring that up to say, yeah, you do have to, you know, uh, as I say, rip off the Band-Aid, you know, just, yeah. all right, you know, and and do it. And uh, don't stop. I think that's the key. I think that's the key part of it, um, because is it going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be in, put yourself in places and situations where you are just not a happy camper and you just, oh, this is, just doesn't feel right. But don't let that deter you. Don't let that stop yeah. you. You got to keep pushing. You have to push through it. And I made a couple of notes here and it says, if you think back to when you were a child and you were first either learning to ride a bike or maybe just swim and the anxiety that you had mm-hmm. about either of those things. Right. And then obviously you fall or you swallow some water, right? One or the two. And you like, ah, you panic and you do what you do. Like, oh, you hurt and this, this, that, and the other thing. But what yeah. do you do as a child? You go, huh? You know what? I'm going to ride that bike because every one of my friends are riding bike. I can't yeah. be the one left behind. So you pick yeah. yourself up and you go at it again and you fall again and you, you go at it again and you fall again. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're off and you're running and you're zipping around with your friends on, on your on your bike. So the whole concept there with what we're talking about today is if this is not who you are, it's who you can be or who you can become and understand mm-hmm. that. But the only way you're going to get there is to start. And then mm-hmm. once you start, don't stop. Just, right. just keep just keep going. Accept the, the vulnerabilities of it. Uh, be yeah. open, be honest. And as Bridget brought up earlier, don't forget the self-care piece. Don't just give, give, give without also taking care of self because that's also important to try to seek that balance. And that's why we started this talking about a balance sheet because Mm -hmm. it's never going to be 50-50, but it should never be 100% one way or the other either. Right. So it's both pieces to that. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring this home. Uh, I, we've had, I think, great discussion. So I want to go into what you know we like to call final thoughts. What is it that you would like to share uh, just in general about anything we've talked about today or as a takeaway for our audience out there? Um, I'll say, like um, Trusina said, show up. Um, you know my favorite motto, do it afraid, do it alone, um, do it, you know, apprehension. Um, redo it, just do it. Um, and so that's what I would do. I would say, and and don't let your vulnerability stop you. We, I, when every time I do a girl talk, I am nervous. Every time, every time I go into a shelter, I am nervous. Every time I'm sitting in my car thinking I should have rescheduled this. Like I'm, I'm nervous every time, and I feel vulnerable every time. And then as soon as five minutes into it, I forgot all about that how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it starts to flow. So, you know, get past the, the fear and the thinking because we are our own worst enemy. Get past the thinking that you can't do it. Get past the vulnerability about what happened in your past and how people received you in your past. Um, mm-hmm. We can't think about that, that, but learn from it. So just show up. Mm-hmm. Just show up. To show up absolutely mm-hmm. thanks for sharing Tristina, what about you i would say you know when you show up as a giver always remember that you're adding value right mm-hmm. to some aspect of either the the space you're in or the people you're interacting with and we are just at a place in our society where we need that you know yeah. especially when you talk about mental health and you talk about you know people who are unfortunately committing suicide somewhere they lost a sense of I'm not valued in this world. And Mm -hmm. so when you show up as a giver, you're adding value. And when you are, that is going to benefit you and the other person while you Mm -hmm. don't show up to get anything because you should never, ever try to leverage a vantage point as a giver. But when you realize that you're giving value, you're adding something to those that you're serving or giving to, that there's a benefit of, I'm just going to give. And you get on the back end, the Mm -hmm. fulfillment of seeing a life change, the fulfillment of, I was the person who could step in in that moment when someone needed. And then the last thing I would definitely say as a giver, um, you have to be intentional in setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and communicate them well, you know, that this is the way that I'm gonna show up. But at the moment that it starts to, you know, creep up into your boundary where you set communicate what it is you can continue doing and what you want and then be okay with your no being rock solid that I've given all that I can and all that's left for me to do now is just experience this space with you uh, just being here, not giving, not trying to get, but just showing up to be there in that space. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to jump back real quick to what Bridget was saying there about um, when you're nervous, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it, you, you show up and you're still kind of nervous mm-hmm. and uncomfortable and those kinds of things. And oddly enough, you know, that popular people, the Denzel Washingtons of the world, the Oprah Winfrey's, Tyler Perry's, mm-hmm. all these kind of guys who, you know, live their life in front of a camera. And yeah. they will tell you to this day that few minutes just before they have to walk out on the stage for whatever the reasons are mm-hmm. they've got the butterflies and they've got this and they you know so that's yeah. normal that's doesn't matter how big you get or where you start that's the normal piece of the process uh, so for me i want to just tie that back to say it, it doesn't matter where your level is or where you're starting whether it's, this is your first time saying you know what i really need to start out and, and try to get out and be more engaged be more of a giver or you've been doing it all your life and you still have that sense of discomfort that, that, that we're talking about right now to remain open. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. the key that I want to close with. And remaining open is two-sided. Uh, that's a two-way street. It's You're remaining open because you have to be vulnerable to give, mm-hmm. but you also have to be open to receive. And yeah. that's the key component to it. That door, you can't open, have the door open to you know to have one thing happen and have it closed for the other either the door is open or the door is closed mm-hmm. and i think that's the key part to keep to bear in mind as you go down this you know this pathway from this day forward just 
do your best to remain open, so even though the vulnerability is there, the fears of, are there, uh, how people may see you, and, and all of those things that come into play. Just be open, be open to it. And it can take you so many different places. You have so many great experiences. And just you right now, you don't even know what you don't know. But the opportunity is, is so grand and it's so great. So that, that's the last thing that I'd like to share. That's it for today, ladies. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. This was uh, a fabulous day. I think we all had uh, some great things to share. Hopefully, we left some great nuggets with our audience out there. The next uh, Ascent podcast will be July 15th. So we definitely look forward to having you join us then, and we'll continue our journey together. So until then, everyone have a safe weekend. Enjoy the 4th of July, which is coming up. So enjoy that. And uh, we'll all talk very, very soon. Take care. Bye now. Bye.